Blog Talk Radio. Well, happy NFL Sunday, football dudes and dudes. And we want to welcome you to another episode of Football Fan Rush Radio. I'm your host, Cass. We have your co-host, Mike, here. And we are going to kick off this Sunday's show talking everything about the Lions from injuries to Dominican Sub and how they've fared so far through the season and what we expect to see from them from this game. I don't know how she does it. She always starts off this conversation and this show sounding super innocent and super nice. And oh, here we this go. is not the first time. Here we go. She's like, yes, I'm trying to be professional. <laughs> this woman is going in on folks. And okay. when it comes to football, she goes in. Okay, so I, I, I'll do that. I will go in today. I will show my true football colors. I'll do it. But let's start off with um, something that's been coming across all of the football feeds, and that is that so many opposing players are just really getting fed up with the Dominican Well, see, the problem with him is, and there's a comparison that uh, a few people used to make around me to, to – Dennis Rodman. Dennis Rodman, excellent player. The Dominican Sioux, excellent player. But after Dennis Rodman did enough things and it culminated with him headbutting a referee, the league and the ref said, we fed up. Mm-hmm. You wanted the attention? We going to give you the attention. And, and until Dennis Rodman went completely in the other direction of doing nothing, for his last season with the Bulls, they really just stayed on him. And literally for Dominican Sue, he's going to have to go in the other direction because this last thing, people have seen plenty of dirty plays in NFL. We have. If you don't have a history, if you don't have a history, it's just like, all right, that was a bad play. Let's go on a final, but we'll get over it. And Dominican Sue has too many, uh, too many historic plays to where – even when he sat Jay Cutler um, a few years ago, they find him. He didn't really do anything wrong, but they they find him just to try to say, dude, slow down. And he never has slowed down, and people just are fed up with it because this last one, he hit him at the knees, and that's bad, but that's not a $100,000 fine. I think, and I do, I think they just honestly find him just based on his history. I mean, with with the fine that big. Right. It's really based on his history, and, I mean, he's, he's got to change that. He has to, which is why opposing players are fed up with him. Eventually, team members will be fed up with him. He's a great, solid player, and we've got plenty of players that, that throw out a, a, a dirty play. I mean, from my favorite team, we, we, we have a list of them. President Pass. What's going to happen? I mean, they're on the defensive side of the ball, feeling get into the game, and, I mean, it, it, it happens. But his track record is the reason why he's in this predicament and why he's putting a bad taste in so many other players' mouths. I mean, we talked about two players early that are notorious for throwing some dirty plays, Cortland Finnegan oh, yeah. and Richard Sherman. And Richard Sherman, yeah. But they know when to say, okay, they're getting on me, let me slow it down for a few weeks. And they, they let it go. And ironically, those are quarterbacks. This is a man that's at the forefront of every play. On every play, a defensive end is major. So they're getting the running back or trying to get to the quarterback. A quarterback is not a focal point of every play because their wide receiver is not the focal point of every play. If you're on that defensive line, you're a part of every play. 
So they are zooming in on him, and it is just ridiculous. So you feel that you you agree with the fine, the hundred thousand dollar fine? I won't say that I agree with it because a hundred thousand dollar fine is a lot to anybody. Honestly, someone said something even better. Hitting them in their pockets doesn't seem to get their attention. What will get their attention is playing time. Suspensions will get their attention in my eyes a lot more. Well, it hasn't. It hasn't consistently been the the punishment of choice. If it becomes the consistent punishment of choice, it's like, yeah, that that's doing too much. You all are you all are taking people out the game, but. Eventually, it's like, yeah, we're going to keep, uh, we gonna we keep, keep shooting flies with shotguns instead of fly swatters if, if you all don't get your act together. I guarantee you, if he, gets, if he keeps getting suspended, the coaches will pull him in the room and be like, look, dude, we're going to either cut you or you're going to get your act together because we can't, we can't have game plan with you not being on the field. Okay, well, I understand that. So we know what it is. We we know that, and, and Dominica knows that he's got to make a few changes in order to be seen in a different light. Not not be seen as a defensive threat because he really is, but he's just got to, he's got to make those changes so that um he's taken more seriously and all this pressure isn't the focal point of him. Now that we're still on the Lions, let's talk about Reggie Bush. It's been officially announced today that Reggie Bush will not play in today's game. Considering it's against the Redskins, I don't think that's a bad choice. I would not want to see him get hurt or anything happen to him that would hinder him from games going forward. I think this is a good game for him to sit him. I think Reggie Bush is too important of a cause He really is. their offense. He, he is. They need him. He's been He's been a great addition. He's been a phenomenal addition for the Lions so far from what, from what we've seen in the preseason and what we've seen in the first two games. I mean, just Reggie Bush being out there, Reggie could get zero touches in a game, and he would still be important because of the threat of Reggie Bush. Reggie Bush is what the Bears wanted when they turned Devin Hester into a receiver. They wanted somebody that was the threat of moving real fast. Somebody that can, that can make breaks on every play. Reggie Bush touches that ball. You have to be afraid of a home run play. And that's the thing that Reggie Bush has always been good at from college until now. If he's got the ball in his hands, you have to be worried about a home run play. Yes, I know this is football and I'm talking about baseball analogies, but you get the point. I see that that resurgence in him, though. He he feels alive again. You kind of see glimpses of what you saw when he was with the Saints. I mean, he he's just he's feeling it again. He's loving football again. He's loving being the true back. Like he he's he's really connecting with 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 Stafford. Like they they really have a good connection. I I think the best thing for Reggie Bush. Was his short stint in Miami. He's enjoying being in Detroit more, but he grew up in Miami. He realized, okay, I'm a leader now. 
when I go to see things that look of me, I have a ring. He learns that it can't be about a home run on every play. He learned he learned how to be a service running back. So now in Detroit, there's also weapons, other weapons on the field. Because honestly, Mike Wallace had a push in Miami. That would be excellent. I would rather see Ryan Tannehill, Reggie Bush, and Mike Wallace than Calvin Johnson, Reggie Bush, and Stafford. Because honestly, I have more faith in Tannehill than I do Stafford. I just don't have faith in Stafford. <laughs> you really don't have faith in Stafford. Stafford has not been bad, though. So That's why I don't have faith in Stafford. Because he's not been bad? No, he's not been on the field. Well, on a regular basis, when he's out there, he's great. Right. But the problem is, Matthew Stafford is about to become one of my favorite bears, Mike Brown. Well, you know, that's. I don't. Matt Stafford is not making. Matthew Stafford is just becoming Michael Vick and complete the season. I mean, that's now not. Now, do you. you do you see that as an O-line issue? I think that's an all-of-the-above issue. O-line issue, play-calling issue, oh, not me. enough red oh. issue, and, not, and, and his injury proneness. I, I, I so agree with, with the Lions' play-calling issues. I I have to drink three cups of coffee every time they call a play. Like, I don't understand it's working for them. They seem to make it work. It's, it's the oddest thing that I've ever seen, and I have no idea why they are not being dominated. I understand they've got a great chemistry going. They're absolutely phenomenal on their defensive end. Their defensive front is, is amazing, but it just, on paper, doesn't seem to come together. So I, I'm a little lost with their record. I, I really am. I knew they were going to come out and be explosive, and I knew my favorite team probably wasn't going to be ready for them in the first game. I'm surprised the Cardinals didn't truly expose them because they were pretty lost in that game. And I am honestly with the Lions a little nervous in today's game. They're going to win, but I'm I'm a little nervous because now we're we're going to start to see, now that all the hype's over, the season has started, we are now honestly going to see the Lions teams play for real. I mean, they've got things in their mind. Like, Dominic's got to watch his play. Reggie Bush is out. The plays that are being called are not the greatest plays from their coaching staff. So I wonder if we're going to start to see the Lions become exposed over these next few games. Not that they'll lose. But when it comes to playing better teams, so actually really get this key in on where the problems are. Hence that old line of protecting that staffer. I literally think the Bears are a good example of what to do when you finally have the weapons. We've had even before this year, now that we have even more weapons, we've had Matt Forte. Right. We've had uh, Brandon Marshall. Now we have Martellus Bennett. We had they color. We had the talent, but we didn't have Austin We didn't have the people to say this is the plays that need to be called. And honestly, they're doing the same thing the Bears did last year. Detroit did it last year. 
we have Calvin Johnson. He's nine foot eleven and can run a forty in two point three seconds. <laughs> uh, so we just gonna throw the ball within his arm length, which might be ten feet away, but his arm can still grab it. And literally, they've got more threats this season. They they've got a lot more to work with. So they they can't still be the same plays that they're calling. But they have more threats. Unfortunately. The play callers have taken the if it ain't broke, don't fix it attitude. Uh, and I'm sorry. It's my opinion that the Bears did the smart thing and said Brandon Marshall's not going to set another Bears record for most receptions in the season. It's my opinion that the Vikings should say Adrian Peterson is not going to set the record this year. My opinion is that the Lions should say Calvin Johnson is not going to break his own record. And that is because? Why, why, why do you want these to be the next statements that come from these teams? Because if they're breaking the records, it's because they're the only, every 90% of the plays are going to them. The Bears understood there's no way in the world. Brandon Marshall did another 118 uh, passes this year. 118 receptions is ridiculous. It would be much better if you have five people with 75 receptions than one person with 118. Wouldn't you agree? Mm, you know what? It depends. It depends on who you're playing. It depends on the game. If you know that's if you you know if that's something that you can get away with just based on your opposition. I'm not saying that. And then when you draw and when you game. and when you draw the defense to that one person, and you know you still have other open threats. I'm not saying that he came in the game with seven receptions because he got six of those in the first quarter, and then the other, and then you spread the ball out during the rest of the game. I'm not saying that. But it just might not be. He might be the breakaway player in that game that they need to get the ball to. I mean, it, it just. I, I I just wouldn't do, and this is something that I have a problem with with Minnesota about. If there's a player open. Please stop giving the ball to Adrian Peterson. And nobody loves the Vikings and AP more than me and, and Jared Allen and a few other players. But come on. I'm and, and, not and, and, if, and if Brandon Marshall is open and, okay, that might not have been the play that was called, they might have wanted it to go to the tight end. And then it, it just can't happen. And my man gets, you know, reception 8, 9, and 10. Like, I wouldn't stop that. I'm not saying stop it. Go in with the game plan of spreading it out. If, if I think Brandon, they do. No, if Brandon, if Brandon Marshall ends up with ten receptions, fine. And I don't. I literally do not think the Vikings and the Lions go in with the game plan of spreading it out. They go in with the game plan. AP's gonna get every ball except when he fumbles it. Well, you know what, and we we can move on to the Vikings. So let's wrap up with the Lions because I know we do have a few Lions fans that are listening and that are sharing their opinions. So with the Lions, we've touched on Sue. We've we've touched on Reggie Bush. We've touched on their their play calling. So in looking at the matchup in today's game against the Skins, how do you think they'll fare and who do you think will come out the victor? I think the Skins are going to go 0-3. Literally because I think – Two problems. One, their defense is horrible. Mike Shanahan has horrible defenses. And if the other team gives up on you 15, 20 points ahead in the first half, 
they can't make great play calls through RG3 because, yeah, now the defense against the can just pin their ears back and come straight for them. Another problem is the fact that Mike Shanahan and Kyle Shanahan are still afraid to treat him the way they treated him last year. They are not calling the plays that they did. I tend to believe Garcon's statement this week is not that he's not healthy, that Nebrace is impending him. Another problem is the fact that when you see defenders falling out down around r 3 legs, oh, yeah. He's still scared. I mean, literally, Tom Brady went through that after his knee injury. Because literally, the only thing, the reason why the Giants have been able to beat the Patriots in two Super Bowls is they have a defensive line that's coming through. Always have. So when you're when when you're a quarterback, you have to be okay with the fact that people are going to be falling down at your knees all day. And then, and then I love the new uh, nickname they have for him. He's no longer RG3. He's RG3 and out. Mm, well, I love that nickname. Because literally that's what he is in the first half. The second half, yeah. He's in the third yard at the southern point because he's in garbage time by the second half. I just think he was rushed back. I think he came back too soon. I don't I don't think he had – I don't think there was a, re, a, a reality or standard set for when he should honestly return. I, I really and I and I hate that he played the last game that just really blew everything going on with his injury. But it happened. You're going with the Lions today. I'm definitely going with the Lions today. And that moves us over to my favorite team, and they're up against the Browns. Which thank God, man, Trent Richardson is a cult. God bless you. I think I think the football I think the football guys opened like. The heavens from here or something when I saw that. Did you that, see those college scores yesterday? I really did. Um, I'm telling you the Vikings should run up a score like that today. They, they, this is, I mean, this is the first game this season at home. They opened up on, on the road. So that's always rough for any team. They're home. They're in the zone. They definitely have to take advantage of this mismatch. They have to. It's not even just, it's not even just that Cleveland's a bad team. But another thing working in the Vikings' favor is this is the first week without Trent Richardson. Everybody else that plays around for the rest of the season, it was like, okay, we started used to not having him. They feel like, whoa, everybody's got locked on my hand. This just really didn't happen. I really said that when I looked at my family. Everybody said that. But I, I, it was a shocker. It was, it was a shocker. I mean, literally, I, this should be like, Miami against Savannah State, 77-7. Ohio State against Sam, 70-0. Oh, that was, that was terrible. That was, and then there was one other game that was a ridiculous score like that. I definitely watched that game, and I, I felt so bad. Which one, the Sam? The Sam, the Sam, yeah. I I mean, honestly, I wanted to see that game, and I did, and I forgot. I wanted to see the Ohio State band against the Sam New band. That's what I wanted to see. because. <laughs> Big bands, those are probably the two best bands in the country. Black college or white college, they are just great bands. Yeah, but that was a heartbreaker. That was 
That was a heartbreaker. That that score was <laughs> wow. Uh, but okay, so going back and looking at the Vikings, I think we are going to see the ball in the hands of Adrian Peterson a, a lot more today. Uh, oh, in that game, I, they have an excuse to have in that game. Um, Adrian oh, Peterson he, was, he can he can aim for his record in this game. Yeah, in this game, I, he might wow. end up in a game with about four hundred yards. So they have no defensive line, none whatsoever. And literally, they have the opportunity to destroy uh, the Browns. While the Browns are on offense, Brandon Wheaton is going to hear footsteps in 0.3 seconds. Because two things that Trent Richardson was. One, he's a great pass blocker. Two, he still had to take the ball. So you couldn't hear that. You that. Mm-hmm. While the Vikings secondary is great, their their front seven is still a monster. Well, the secondary is coming along. I mean, they they they've got a few things to do, uh, and and I love I'm I'm loving everything I'm seeing from Xavier from Rose. Point, and he's he's a rookie, and and he's he's really killing. But they've they've got to learn. There's been there's been a nice shake up on the secondary as well. I'm not disappointed in the defensive front at all. I absolutely love them. It, but to my point, the the, the reality is whether you love him or don't love him, he is – Brandon Wheaton is going to spend a lot of time on the ground. And a few times he's trying to get rid of the ball, while the secondary may make the, the play, I think that play will be dictated by the front set. It may. It's and, and because of that – and because of that, this is going to be a bad game to watch. It's going to be an amazing game to watch. What do you mean? The only the only fans in the country that will be enjoying this game will be Minnesota Vikings fans. Well, then I'll be happy. <laughs> but, you know, I go down with my team. Win, lose, or draw. I, I go down. I, I'm on the Viking ship, so no matter what. But I do I don't know, but what are we going to see from Christian Ponder today? And this is this is almost a shoe in the win for the Vikings. The only way the Vikings will lose is if the Vikings blow it because it, it would not be with help from the Browns. But Christian Ponder, what are you expecting to see from him today? I don't expect to see much from him, not because of him. I expect today's game plan with good reason will be running the ball more today. And honestly, because of the smart game plan, if they make it, which they always do, is running the ball. The few times that they do throw the ball, the receiver is going to be so far open. That's what I'm going to see. My two-year-old needs to probably throw that pass. I'm honestly hoping to see that, though, this game. I mean, it's not just that's not seeing something. I'm just saying I'm not expected to be wild or disappointed from Christian Ponder. I'm expecting to see, okay, he was open by 40 yards. He should have made that play. So that's not – I don't think the Browns have a defense that will force Christian Ponder to have to make some great plays. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It, 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 I don't think that has anything to do – I think Christian Ponder has to go in today's game with the attitude of a game manager, with the attitude of I don't – 
just go out and don't lose the game. I want him to go into every game like that. Today, next Sunday, a couple Thursdays, a few Mondays. I do not think he's horrible. I just don't think he is. You want him to be Trent Dilfer. Trent Dilfer. In the, in the yeah, I can't really argue. Yeah, yeah I can't argue with that. But I am definitely, once again, you know me when I lose, I am definitely taking the Vikings. I don't know how big of a blowout this is going to be, but I, I'm definitely, everything is at the Vikings' advantage for this game. And thank you for the Trent Richardson trade, if I hadn't said so already. <laughs> Appreciate that, football guys. So moving on to your favorite team, the Bears, and you're sitting in the studio all blue and oranged out. What are your thoughts? What were definitely? What were the thoughts that you had of the last game? Because I mean, you and I were just totally at odds watching the Vikings and, and the Bears. I mean, that was probably the most intense game that you and I have watched in forever. Especially with the game coming down to the very last play, just the very last second of the game. I can honestly say the greatest thing about this season's team and Mark Pressman is still in some calm in Jay Cutler. Yes, the Bears have pulled it out in the last minute in both games. But what I can honestly say is I am finally happy that in no point of either game have I felt like the Bears were going to lose. Now, what has what that has taken away from is, yes, I get excited when the actual play happens, but when you're not worried some of the excitement in the whole game is taken away. But I do believe the Bears, if they want to have a playoff run, they need to get their act together. Mm-hmm. Uh, their defense is looking real tough. Yeah, they've not been overly impressive. Not not, not um, what we're used to seeing from the Bears. Not at I mean, all. I can go out there and make a million excuses for the Bears and still pick apart other problems. Like, Peanut Tillman, me hurt, okay? Uh, and there's a question if Julius Peppers has been sick, okay? Then explain to me what's going on with Henry Melton. He's in a contract here because he's on a franchise tag right now, so he should be playing a lot better. Uh, Henry Melton has been... A ghost. Yeah, yeah, that's that's been really um, odd to me. The Bears have only one sack on the season, and that was more or less a a sack sack. That was a traditional sack. Yes, technically it was a sack because they ran them out of bounds behind the line of scrimmage. That ain't a sack. So, what are you thinking? What 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 needs to be fixed? Because they're cutting it really really close. They're they're cutting it, and that's really not going to work with some of these other teams. That no, play. it's it's not at all. Now today they've they got advantage. Any of the they, they play the Steelers, but the Steelers' defense has finally pulled it together. We're still concerned about their offense. And see, literally, what I would be watching harder today is with their their offense struggling. 
today is the day the Bears' defense can get their act together. Because literally, the Steelers lost their flag when they lost Bruce Arians and they picked up Todd Haley. That was the dumbest firing, uh, apparently, in recent years in my eyes. Okay. Like, literally, Bruce Arians, he got the offense moving. Uh, Todd Haley and Jim Roethlisberger have been in eyes their entire career together. Even though it's only been one season, but they just have been in eyes. And I won't be impressed, I'll put it this way, if the Bears end up 3-0 after today. I won't be impressed. I'll be happy, but I won't be impressed. It's like, okay, this is a game you should win. Just like I felt last week was a game they should win. I'm happy they won, but I was not impressed. So, are you saying that the, the trouble's on both sides of the ball? I mean, like, what what are you saying? I'm saying I'm, that I, I, the defense needs to step up its game. I think the offense needs to start earlier. I think the running attack needs to start earlier. It needs to progress earlier. Matt Forte is not hitting no hole as fast as he should. They have clearly made a conscious decision that Matt Forte is going to be a workhorse and Michael Bush is just going to be in the backfield from time to time. I personally would have liked to say use both of them for a change of pace mm-hmm. a lot more, but if they're not, that's fine also. I'm not the quote-unquote officer guru. If you're going to do that, I'm going to expect more from Matt Forte. I'm going to expect Jay Cutler to not be throwing yeah, I was I was really going to just talk about Jay Cutler's play, and I don't want to call it a, a sense of, of cockiness and, and over assurance in yourself. I want him to be cocky, but but not that you, you know he's starting to remind me of you know that commercial with, with Dr. Drain where he swears every time he shoots the ball. Blake Griffin's got to go hit it and dunk the ball, but the little boy with the glasses on, he's just throwing up shots like, yeah, that went in. I don't miss. That's how I'm starting to feel from him. You, you, you. I need him to get more into the game. I need him to make sure he's not missing his man. Because a lot of, you know, he, it shouldn't be this easy to pick him off like that. It really shouldn't. I'll see it's not, it's not. The pickoff, the pickoff for the first game was bad, Jay Cutler, bro. I'll give you that. The, the, the pick in the second game, that was that was more a great defensive lineman played by the Vikings than it was. When, when I sat back and I looked, at, I went back and I looked at a lot of the film, and I was just thinking, why would you even put the ball there? That that's what I wasn't understanding. Just, just, but, just why? I understand that you're your go-to guy, but you got a wide-open tight end over here. You could have even gotten some some rushing yards. You just—it's it's almost like I just—I just want that. I just and instead of playing ball for the team, he just wanted that cockiness of saying, oh, another Marshall connection." Straight. Okay, but there's like three defenders over there. I mean, and one to, to defend, not necessarily Jay Cutler, but. Quarterback receiver tandem. There, there is something to be said that about comfort level with your guy. I guarantee 
Joe Montana and Steve Young were comfortable with Jerry Wright. I mean, and we, they were probably more than they needed to. I, we, I we, we, it's, it's not Stafford so much that we, I, I understand that, but sometimes you, you just, I guess I'll say it again, I guess everyone doesn't have Peyton Manning living inside of them, but whether you're comfortable with that receiver or not, if that's just not the play, it's just not the play. I even feel the same way when I see Christian handoff to, to Adrian and I, I feel like, the defense. I, I see the front coming. Like it just just wasn't the play to, to try to move now, the ball. One of the things that I will say is that a lot of different entities attacked last week was why didn't they run the play, run the ball right there? They had ran the ball to get all the way down there. Hindsight is twenty twenty. What I liked about it was both the offense and defense. We're able to forget about it and get out there and make another big play. Because if you remember, like two or three plays later is when Tim Jennings made a pick six. If you remember, Jay Cutler didn't dwell on it. So old Jay Cutler, you felt like he dwelled on a play, not 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 went out there and went horrible again, but he went out there and tried to hit a home run on every play after making a bad play, and that generally. Uh, Generated more bad plays. So, I think there's some improvement there. But, I'll say that Jay Cutler needs to just get better with his decision-making in the red zone. Because when he's not in the red zone, I think he's doing fine. It's the red zone plays that he's making. And those are critical. I mean, that's, that's very critical to that. make plays to get you all the way down to the red zone or even possibly just really be able to get the next touchdown in the end zone and then he's not completing. But this is the first time that I've seen that from Jay Cutler. Bears fans are not happy with this 2-0 team. They're happy with this 2-0 record. So in order for us to be happy, Mhm. It's going to come down to either one of two things happen. We have 10 close games and we're 10-0, mm-hmm. or we just get better at winning. Most people, with most of these winning teams, they're, they're like, all right, I'm happy with the record, but I'm not happy with this. Because with this. nationally, there are no quote-unquote great teams. I said I think that the Seahawks are looking great, and you disagree with that. So even if I take your standpoint, that removes them. I think no team is looking great. I think there's I think there's a lot of teams looking good. Uh, there's someone uh, I was listening to a show recently that said. He believes there's four elite teams and the Bears are number five. That's higher than I would put the Bears. But to me, that's not representation of how good the Bears are. That's a representation of how bad everybody else has been. Okay, so let's let's talk about, like, we, we've touched on a lot of things. He's, like, gone around the world and back. So getting back to the Bears, today's matchup against the Steelers, what are you expecting to see? How do you think the Bears' offense can, is, it can and is going to handle the Steelers' defense? 
What do you think the score will be, and what do you think we'll see from the Bears today? You make me take deep breaths over here. Hey. I'm not appreciating that. Got to uh, do it. Because, unfortunately, I have no idea. It is going to – and I should never feel this way when it comes to my team in any sport, but it is going to come down to – how the other team plays. I should be confident enough in my team say regardless of what they do, this is what my team's going to do. Okay, so looking at the last two games from the Steelers and, and looking at the last two games from, from the Bears, what do you see as they, they come and they clash today? If I were to go based on the last two games of the Bears and the last two games of the Steelers, the Bears' defense, regardless of the comments that I made earlier, they're still going to capitalize on the other team's mistakes. And if the Steelers' offense does not get better, even when he Miller comes back, there's going to be a turnover ratio in favor of the Bears. Uh, and turnover ratio all too often, well, not even all too often, but turnover ratio is more often than none deciding these games. Um, there's only, like, one game I can think of, and it was the Bears last week, three turnovers and still won the game. That's ridiculous. But I think it's going to come down to, if we look at both sides, the Bears offense and, and the Steelers defense might be a watch. What might decide the game is On the, offense the Steelers' offense and the Bears' defense. So the Bears' defense and the Steelers' offense. Do you think we'll see a lot more from Big Ben? you think he's pulled it together? you think he'll be ready for game three? I think he'll be ready for it, but I don't know if that'll be enough. I think it's going to come down to how well his receivers are and how and – Le'Veon Bell, is he even going to play? Because he's listed as questionable, right? Yes. And with him being questionable, they're excited about getting receivers back on that side of the ball. Their running play is, to me, a bigger problem than their receivers. Because the defenses know he's throwing the ball. And if you know that a quarterback has to throw the ball, that's never good. He has to throw the ball. Well, then I can stack just do a front four rush and drop back and wait for you to throw the ball. So we'll see how it all plays out today. We'll see if they'll be calling different plays for the Steelers on the offensive side of the ball because of this matchup. And we'll definitely see how well the Vikings defense, I'm sorry, well, the Bears defense, look what's on my mind. The Bears defense actually plays the Steelers. I'm going to go with the Bears on this one. I really do think the Bears can actually pull us off. I do just looking at what I've seen from the Steelers. And the Steelers defense, once again, has come together, and, and they're not shabby looking at all. But I really think that the Bears can pull this off. But I would not be surprised if this ended up as a loss. But I am going to go with the Bears for the win. I mean, that's the way I felt about the Lions last week. I picked the Lions, but I wasn't confident in my pick. 
And I'm picking the Bears. I'm a little bit more confident in the Bears this week. But just like you said, I wouldn't be surprised of a loss. I'd be disappointed, definitely, but not surprised. All right, so you are picking the Bears. So both of us are picking the Bears for this week. We also have both. Did you did you roll with the Lions? Are you are you going with the Lions? Yeah. And definitely the Vikings. Anybody picking against the Vikings this week has not watched football in their lifetime. So now we're going to tackle our final NFC North team, and that's the Packers. So all cheeseheads stand up. This, this section of the show is just for you. And I also see this as an easy win for Green Bay. They're going up against the Bengals today. I don't see this as an easy win. I do. Win. I, I do. But, but share your thoughts first. I, the reason I don't see this as an easy win is the same reason it wasn't an easy win for the Bears. The front four, the front seven for the Bengals in general, is a good front seven. And to mix that in with the Packers' offensive line, that's not a good mix. Now, the great thing is they do have the great Aaron Rodgers, but... Will that be enough? When I, I look at the when I look at the when I look at the Packers defense when I look at the Packers defense, I think it's gonna be a little bit of a battle, but I don't know how much. When I look at the Packers defense and just the, the confidence that the, the offense is starting to gain about themselves, they're really they're really connecting and they're coming together and I cannot deny the Packers defense. I started when the season started, I was very, very, very shifty on what their defense would look like, and I was terrified of their O-line. But for some reason, some kind of way, shape, or form, they are really making this work. And Aaron Rodgers is really, he's, he, they're making it work. I'm not i am not picking against the Packers. I'm actually picking the Packers to win the game. I'm just saying I don't see it as an easy game. I'm Did that come that, out of your mouth? Yeah, it came out of oh my mouth. God. Especially considering last week. Yeah, you yeah, yeah. yeah I know. That Did came you, out you of my say mouth. it again. No, uh, I no, can't I'm the to <laughs> This hasn't recorded. <laughs> I will loop that. I will take that to every game with us going forward that we go to the Bears. Yeah, okay. Uh, I know of two other radio stations that do the same thing to, to them. It ain't the same, but oh well. Uh, I will say this. I see the Bengals losing by a touchdown to the left. I think the Bengals are going to give them a a really good run. I think they're going to start off explosive, as that's what we see from the Bengals. They really try to start off explosive. They really try to get ahead of the other team, wear the other team down. But that de- the defense, I mean, the, I wouldn't want to see Clay Matthews. I mean, the, the defense is just so on point. Even when we had no hope with the season starting, we were like, mm-hmm. They're probably going to be at the bottom of the NFC North. But then I, I watched their play in that last game, and how they pulled it all together, and I totally, like, changed my view of, of what I saw coming from this Packers team. Despite everything that happened in the offseason with the injuries and Jordy Nelson, Randy Cobb, like, it, it's totally different than anyone expected. So if you were looking at the Packers on paper, like I was doing, you were a little shifty. Then you see them in the first game, you're like, you know, not bad, but I didn't expect more. And then you see them, okay, granted it was against the skin, but you just saw a different chemistry. You really saw the team pull it together. And I think that is what they're going to be riding on coming into this game against the Bengals. I can't disagree with anything that you said, but 
I just disagree with the outcome. I just think it's going to be a closer game. I'm not. Well, no, sure. I'm not. I'm not saying a blowout or, or anything of okay. that nature. But I'm just looking at when it, when it comes to the, the, the no, not not like a blowout. But I'm just there. There's if they lose this game, I would be shocked. I would be shocked because I am expecting to see a much better game on the on the side of the Packers than on the side of the Bengals. They've got a lot of veterans playing, a lot of veteran history. I'm I'm looking to see a much better outcome come from the Packers side of the ball. Um, I can't get excited about a Packers game. I I know. I understand. I get excited about football. I know my favorite team, but football is football for me. So. I, the, I will tell you there will be two Packers games I get excited for this season, and both of those will be against the Bears. You won't be, be excited, excited for the Packers games. game. You'll be excited. For <laughs> I said excited for the Packers game. I ain't saying I'm excited for the Packers. There's a difference. All right, so what are you thinking? So you're, you're going with the win. You said it'll be a touchdown and a loss for a win, and you're going with who? I'm going with the Bengals to lose. You called me out already, so. All right, so you're going. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm going with the Packers. You are subliminally going with the Packers, and so I'll take that. So we will definitely tune in and key in and see, you know, what happens at the end of today's game. And you guys, feel free to tweet us at Football Fan Rush. Share your thoughts. What you think of your teams? What you think of today's team matchup? And what you do and don't like about your team. And we're also big fans. You can always share your picks and show your team pride. We post them on our website. We share them on Twitter. We love to see the diehard passion from true fans because that's what the show is built on. Also, if you're in Minnesota, October 13th, you have a chance to hang out with us and get some free gear. We will be at the Vikings game at the Dome as they match up against the the Panthers. I had to say Packers for you because you wouldn't say it. But that is going to be October 13th in Minnesota, so visit Vikings.com and get your tickets for that game. So as we wrap up, Mike, are there any final words, any final thoughts, any things you want to cover across the board in the NFL? Just we, we can move out of the NFC North for now just across the board. I know you did want to touch on quite a few injuries that are going on and the reason why, and we've discussed this several times, the reason why you think there are quite a few injuries in the league. Well, yes, I do want to talk about the injuries, and I literally think the injuries that are happening, broken bones in the NFL are going to happen. That would never stop. But the lack of the amount of practices, the lack of hitting in practice, has basically generated more conditioning-based injuries. We're having more hamstring injuries, more ACL tears, and these players are not ready. They're not out there. We need two-a-days back. We need hitting and practice back. And yeah, the OTAs. I mean, it, there, there are a lot of things that were taken away, which did put them in football shape. It allowed them to condition a lot more and a lot earlier prior to the season starts, which actually did get their body ready for even even these preseason games. What we saw in preseason was unreal. There have always been preseason injuries. 
But this season was massive. I think also the, the lack of uh, two-a-days and hitting in practice with it is also affected are the fines in that they want these players to hit properly, but if they're not practicing hitting in practice, the only practice they're getting with hitting is in the game. You have to actually say, we're going to concentrate on this is how you hit during practice. Well, if you're not getting to hit during practice, you're going to have some improper hits during the games. So I have to blame the NFL Players Association for this one. They pushed for it, and they got it. Do you think it's too soon? Um, a couple of the reports have come out agreeing with that and noticing that when it came to the start of this season, but do you think it's too soon? Do you think once they get used to the reduction in preseason practice no. regimens that things will change? No. I don't, but the reason I threw that out there is because so many analysts and, and, and so many specialists are saying, well, it's too soon to blame it on on what we've changed going into preseason. I, I do think it will reduce a small amount, but it will not take a large enough reduction to where they will see we should have kept some more of these practices. We should have kept some more of these things. Don't get me wrong. I am not a professional football player, so I don't know how their bodies felt at the end of these two-a-days, how their bodies felt at the end of these practices. They may have the attitude, man, I don't mind feeling like this after a game, but I should not feel like this every day. So that's probably the attitude that the players had. But as a consumer of the NFL product, I want to see better things on the field. And it has affected what I see on Sundays. I can't ignore that these players probably had very good reasons for going after these things. It, I mean, it's affecting what you see in the season. It it was a big alarm to me when I actually looked at the preseason. I was completely shocked. I mean, the, just the headlines of the entire preseason were either ACL injuries or we've added another player to our injury list. Like it was, it was unreal. And I I see that as what was the problem. But of course, more research and proof needs to come out. But the only thing working in the argument of it's too soon, correct, there is not enough data. But sometimes more data is going to be detrimental. So basically what they're saying is we need to see some more injuries. I understand everything that you're saying. and But, but yes, they've got to have proof that this system isn't working, unfortunately. And, unfortunately, it may, it may take that. It may take a few more injuries. It may take a specific type of injury, as we're seeing with all the, the ACL. It, 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 unfortunately, that's what builds data. I hate that they are the test dummies for it. The best league of all of the leagues to make a quick rule change and implement it and not wait is the NHL. NHL will basically say, yeah, we're not going to wait for a competition committee at the end of the season. Okay, this is bad. They do. Right now. They do. They, they fix it right now. Major League Baseball, they research from for 10 years, and they still say, we got to research it some more. NFL, they say, okay, this is a good something for us to look at at the end of the season for the competition committee. If something's wrong, it's not a picture. 
And honestly, I don't think the NFLPA is going to concede because of how hard they have to fight. Yeah, yeah, they're going to be like, man. Yeah, we made a mistake, but we can't let them know we made a mistake. That's the way I look at that. So how long do you think they're going to let this go? Do you think we'll see some changes prior to the start of next season? No. I think if any of that, I'm not saying there won't be changes on other things, but anything as far as like that, just, yeah. That won't change for at least a total of five years under this CBA. All right, Mike. Well, I normally, as the host, do the wrap-up, but we are going to let you and all of your glory and bears and all of your bears glory gear, afraid to say that the Packers may win today, go ahead do the final thoughts and the final wrap-up for today's show. Well, what I'll say about this week, and the Bears, and all of their glory, that the Bears will still be undefeated, the Seahawks will still be undefeated, and who are the other 2-0 and teams? Uh, the Patriots, they might not be undefeated, but no, well. <laughs> uh, I will look forward to this week having some answers about some of these different teams. We will know more about Washington, and are they going to get their act together? Is RG3 ready? We know what we thought about Philly in week one, and this this great revolutionary play is not so revolutionary anymore. People have already adjusted. It comes down to the other team will just control the clock. Like We just won't let your offense have the ball. And we know the teams that we expected to be good are still good so far. The Packers look like they're going to be good. The Seahawks look like they're going to be good. The Niners look like they're going to be good. Denver's going to be good. Outside of those, we don't know much so far, but I think this week we'll start to iron that out. We'll start to know. So my picks for this week are in the NFC North, Detroit to win, the Bears to win, the Bengals to lose, and the Vikings to win. I'm going to stick with that. <laughs> my final words will still not say the other team win. I said it once. Okay, I have you recorded. I already have that. All right, well, we want to thank everyone for tuning into this Sunday show. Check back with us next Sunday at 10 a.m. Central Standard Time. See how we did with our picks. See who's on top with their picks. Of course, um, I'm just below Mike because I am a diehard Vikings fan and I just won't let it go. But I really believe we'll pull a win out today. So, again, I'm going with the Bears. I'm going with the Vikings, the Lions, and Green Bay. I'll go with the Bengals to lose. I'll give you that. (laughs) Thank you all for tuning in. Feel free to continue to live chat with us. We will be live chatting for the next hour, and we look forward to seeing you and speaking with you and chatting with you once again next Sunday. So happy NFL Sunday.